I'm just making fun of myself at the beginning of this podcast. Oh, I should also take a moment to complain about the weather. No matter what part of the United States you're in right now, if you're in the United States, you're probably thinking to yourself, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Atlanta is, like, very cold today because there's this weird, like, band of cold west of the Appalachians. (laughs) And I'm on, like, the, you know, the coastal side, so it's not that cold, but we did have to turn the heat back on after running the air conditioning over the weekend, so what the fuck? Yeah, I got 80s over the weekend as well, but I just sort of toughed it out and just had the windows open and complained. But Mm. it's uh, back into the 40s today, so we're good. (laughs) Yeah, sure, good. (laughs) The earth is dying. (laughs) Um, And, you know, a funny thing, so... um, uh, this isn't a Facebook episode, so this isn't a transition, but, um, it did, <laughs> it did tell me that like four years ago or something on this date, I posted a picture of daffodils wilting in snow. <laughs> yeah. I, I had some daffodils in snow a week or two ago, whenever the hell that was. Um, but now they're, I don't know. I don't know how they did with all the hot. <laughs> actually <laughs> neither of those are good for them i haven't i haven't really looked at them because it was just gloomy as hell and pouring rain in addition to being kind of cold today Ugh. but you know speaking of flowers <music> apple park has a lot of flowers in the middle of it which may or may not require maintenance in their giant lawn on the inside of the donut campus. Mm, yes. And the thing about lawns is they do need maintenance. So much. Like, grass just doesn't, especially like, so if you like see an empty lot, that's and you don't because it's Cupertino, <laughs> but if you did, it would not be full of like long Kentucky bluegrass. It would be... You know, briars and stuff. Awful things that poke you. Yeah. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because um, Apple released a press release? I don't know, just some... A brag sheet? Yeah. Um, that <laughs> they are using 100% green energy. Asterisk, 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 asterisk. Hmm. Um, Indeed. And one of those many asterisks is, well, if you need to do landscaping, um, even if all of the equipment being used is either manual labor or battery slash extension cord powered things charged up by solar panels, that's still unnecessary energy being spent on a lawn that needs work instead of using, instead of, well, instead of building an ecosystem, which would just take care of itself. Because, you know, it turns out that nature doesn't need landscaping. It just sort of (laughs) does its own thing. Yeah. Whatever is supposed to grow there, whatever, you know, is easy to grow there, is not resource intensive, is the stuff that will just grow there if you leave it alone. Right. Doesn't need to be pruned or mowed. Nowadays, that could be horrible invasive species like kudzu, but that's another issue that we'll perhaps complain about Mm -hmm. on another day. Yeah. Um, But the main thing I want to point out in this is that um this doesn't address their supply chain so like they're not even attempting to offset all the jet fuel from fedex shipping just iphones over yeah Uh, um nor ups's trucks nor the factories themselves you know because 
even though Apple is now an enormous part of Foxconn, Foxconn mm. doesn't count as Apple, so they can be as brown as they want. Yeah, it's a really good scam they've got going on there yeah. with with their with their greenness. I I think they do buy carbon offsets for Tim Cook's like personal travel, but uh, they they don't for anything in the iPhone supply chain, which is large. Yeah, it's kind of the <laughs> best selling product in the history of humanity. So, um, mentioned carbon offsets. So Lisa Jackson, their VP of Environmental, what's it? Um, who is the one that gives the interviews for this stuff, um, says, you know, they don't count carbon offsets because anyone could just buy car carbon offsets and call themselves carbon neutral. But in the same breath says that they're 100% green energy because they're offsetting their brown energy with surplus green energy. And I'm sorry, <laughs> that doesn't count either. <laughs> like, that's that's not how this works. You're still polluting to make the brown energy you're offsetting even if you are using more green energy you know at a surplus and putting some back in the grid because as we discussed in a previous episode power plants work like one turbine at a time you can't use like one third of one <laughs> like you yeah. you need a minimum amount of coal to make steam in you know the furnace of that size as long as that furnace turned on i don't care if you didn't use it it's still turned on you know, you just the same way you can hook up, you know, a phone charger to an electric generator and it'll just sit there and idle through a gallon of gasoline. If you have a phone on it, if you have your refrigerator on it, if you have your whole house on it, it'll still burn through it and pollute. Yep. Constant burn rate. And another thing they're including is purchased solar capacity. And <laughs> when you purchase solar capacity rather than create it yourself, you're eating up supply that one of your competitors can't use. So you're not really making the world a better place because that solar capacity already existed. So, I mean, yeah, they're doing great for a tech company. If, um, <laughs> we don't get into things like repairability versus recyclability. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that they're not like Apple isn't making maker stuff. You know, they're not Arduino or Adafruit or SparkFun or anything. They're not making boards that you can make your green uh, home projects with. They're offering HomeKit licensing fees, though. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just more greenwashing bullshit. And I would let it slide if they weren't so self-fucking-congratulatory about it. <laughs> yeah. If they weren't falling all over themselves, patting themselves on the back, it would, uh, it would be a little <laughs> bit less egregious. Yeah. Uh, so this gets us to our next bit of greenwashing, and this is probably going to have to be like its own topic for our next hundred <laughs> episodes. Um, uh, the defense that people are giving self-driving uh, self cars that have been murdering people lately. Right. Um, <laughs> is, you know, that, well, in the self-driving car world, there will be less overall accidents. Um, but in the actual green future, you have to question whether the car still makes sense. If you assume personal transportation, whether it, yeah, and it's just driven by a robot instead, and it's an electric car instead, you're not fixing the much bigger problem, which needs to be addressed, which is we need to put mass transit back together. And that doesn't mean buses. That means trains, because 
They don't need to turn. They just need to stop and go. They're so yeah. much easier to automate. Yeah. A lot more people die every year. And it's and I think it's proportional. Like, even when you consider how many fewer people travel by train per year or decade or century. Although, if you go back enough centuries, then it gets a little worse. But But we're pretty good now. Right. And, you know, so there's been a lot of um, rail accidents recently, but those that can't be attributed to a driver of a uh, gas or a diesel car doing something stupid at a level crossing um, Mm. can be usually attributed more often than not to just aging infrastructure. Right. It's not so much that our trains are unsafe, it's our crumbling infrastructure once again. Right. So like uh the uh the horrific Amtrak derailment in uh I think it was Delaware a couple years back where there was like a lot of deaths um was because the train was going 89 miles an hour around a curve. Um and you know, that was faster than the curve would rated. Right, they weren't supposed to do that. Yeah, and you know that's a combination of operator error and um, the safety systems that are supposed to prevent that from happening from engaging. Um, but also, if we go back to a hundred years ago, steam locomotives operated that segment at a hundred and ten miles an hour because it was built for rail and it was straighter. Hmm. So, getting to the murderous nature of the cars, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Apparently, uh, there was some kind of, like, safety feature that was turned off for God only knows what reason. Also, obviously, the driver who was supposed to be paying attention was not. Right. Um, And that brings another point to we're going to have a very difficult transition into autonomous vehicles because we have data that says that the smarter your car gets about not letting you do stupid things, the more you acclimate to that and become a worse driver if it's taken away or malfunctions. Oh, yeah, totally. I've definitely caught myself, like, not checking my blind spot because I have a blind spot warning. Right, because but it'll it, beep at but you. It's, but it's not perfect is the thing. So, like, sometimes I think, oh, like, that guy could have... Where did that guy come from? And it's like, well... I, there's like a, a narrow range of, of view that my blind spot does. Because it doesn't, there was no like calibration process for that. It just like mm. has some built in thing where it's like, okay, this must be like what your blind spot is. But mine is slightly different. So I, I do still need to look. And then like when I'm in a car that doesn't have a, a, a backup camera, <laughs> it's horrible. I almost don't remember how to like, how to, how to operate a car while I'm looking over my shoulder to make sure I'm not, you know, running over a toddler or something. Yeah. Uh, luckily my cars don't have any integrated backup cameras <laughs> and I have this terrible uh, internet of shit one that has been uh, failing with increasing frequency. So nice. I still know how to back up a car. Although, <laughs> to be fair, I drive the smallest thing Toyota ships. So I do have a bit of wiggle room. Um, but yeah, basically, like, if the thing beeps at you because there is something that you would have plowed into, <laughs> um, if that didn't exist, you know, that would have been an incident of some degree. Yep. And as these things get quote smarter and smarter (laughs) that's just more things that drivers are getting more careless about 
And yeah. the so um, there's uh, uh, two recent stories of uh, self-driving vehicles um, murdering people. Um, the one where was a pedestrian, for all intents and purposes, jumped in front of the car. I mean, she was crossing a highway. That's just not safe to do ever. There was some definite bad urban planning involved in here because yeah, the old uh, saying, you know, make the sidewalks where people walk through the grass um, was explicitly not followed. And like there was a divider to jump over and everything. Right. And I know for a fact, like nobody is just walking across the highway for fun. They're doing it because they have to or go a mile out of their way. Right. Um, so that's, you know, it like almost intentionally bad urban planning. Um, and that was the one where the driver was not paying attention, but the court ruled that if they were, they wouldn't have been able to do anything. So they were found not at fault, which I think is complete bullshit because we have laws like if you rear end anyone for any reason, even ice, you're at fault. But for some reason, plowing through a pedestrian, <laughs> if they even if they jumped into the road, is, well, they jumped into the road. Yeah, we're extremely hostile to pedestrians. And right. It's really weird because, like, this is our greenest possible form of transportation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like, yeah, we treat cyclists with as much hostility as possible as well. More so than pedestrians, <laughs> I'd say. Well, in my slight defense... <laughs> Cyclists do dri do operate their bicycles like assholes a fair amount of the time. Oh, I, mean, I know. As both a driver and a pedestrian, cyclists are my enemy in either scenario. Absolutely. Like, they don't stop at stop signs and stuff. Yeah. I try not to mow them down, and I've definitely, <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely been honked at for not, like, menacing them with my car. Because I used to drive mm -hmm. to get my hair cut, and there was this, like, cute little somewhere in between suburban and rural like suburban but very suburban road and it had trees and it was very pleasant and around the time i would be driving my haircut there would also be cyclists on it because it was very nice and the cars behind me would get very angry when i wouldn't like try to pass a cyclist when there was when a i wouldn't be able to see if there was a car coming mm -hmm. and b the road wasn't wide enough for me to go around them safely given that i might you know get into a head-on collision <laughs> with the car that i can't see coming yeah, the worst place I have to deal with cyclists is um, the bridge between my town and the town where I work. It has no shoulder, but it does have uh, sidewalks that there's a median in between. So, you know, that's great because pedestrians won't get hit by a car. Um, but it also means that cyclists either have to be literally in lane or on the sidewalk. So obviously they choose the sidewalk. And I don't hear bells because I walk with headphones. So as it's, people generally do nowadays. Right. So it's just, you know, there's literally no room for cycling. They are supposed to be able to use the lanes of the road. They right. are technically to, they are vehicles, but so I they wouldn't. should be on the road. Absolutely, I wouldn't either. It's suicide. <laughs> I would be terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like even driving around my suburban hometown on a bicycle, which, you know, as a uh, uh, preteen and teen that's how you got around i would always use sidewalks um you are supposed to walk your bicycle when you're on a sidewalk yeah no <laughs> nobody nobody does that. i mean that's the problem no matter what position you're in everyone else is wrong that's always true 
Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the uh, the other car related murder was um, this person in I believe it was a Model S had reported uh, had a Tesla's equivalent of radar open, you know, a bug report where this one like um, stripey divider thingy. For some reason, the car was steering towards it in autopilot huh. mode. That's not great. Yeah. And one time he wasn't paying attention while in autopilot mode going through this thing. And the car crashed. And because it's full of, you know, lithium ion batteries, um, burnt incredibly well. Um, <laughs> and, you know, of course, was killed. And they only figured this out through the black box and turned, uh, you know, cross-referencing it back with their bug reporter system. And, you know, like, that's one hell of a bug, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a bad one. Granted, the driver is 100% supposed to be paying attention. But right. you give a driver something like this. I don't know if it's explicitly called autopilot. It probably isn't. I don't know. I don't own a Tesla. But, you know, you're gonna, you're, your attention is going to wander. Probably. Mine might not because I'm incredibly anxious. But but normal people who have a lower level of anxiety about particularly <laughs> about travel would are probably gonna like zone out and start thinking about, you know, a list of shit they have to do or I don't know, what they need to take to the dry cleaners, grocery list, that sort of thing. And they're gonna, you know, crash their cars and burst into flames, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. And, you know, this gets me thinking, like, um, is Tesla's autopilot camera based and not LIDAR based? Like, it seems like a computer vision error rather than like a geometry error. Ideally, it would be both. Yeah. Um, although if you don't have a car in front of you to follow, then you would probably have to rely on cameras. Although I guess you could sense the curb if there is one. I don't know. I don't know how it works, and it's probably a trade secret, so you probably can't. Right. <laughs> yeah. You probably there's probably not really good solid information about that. Yeah, um, and the bursting into flame things um, brings us all around to my major <laughs> criticism of battery operated vehicles with hundreds of miles of range in them. Um, is that not only could you build thirty Priuses out of it? <laughs> um, that much lithium can't be put out when it bursts into flames. I wonder if there are laws about taking Teslas through tunnels and on some bridges, because I know that there are all kinds of weird regulations about that sort of thing, because part of what my company does has to do with, you know, helping companies know about and follow regulations. Not that I know what they are, but people yeah. do. <laughs> and I mean, granted, you're probably not going to take your Tesla on an airplane, which I, I really think you wouldn't be no, allowed I, to I do. I think that's over the 100 watt hour limit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I wonder about tunnels, because you can imagine that being like, so there, you know, the the downtown connector in Atlanta basically fell down because some reels of uh, conduit caught fire underneath. And I wonder if the same thing would have happened if a Tesla had caught fire underneath. Yeah, because um, it's... The that would also be a large fire. The same problem with lithium is that it's um, it, it'll self-oxidize to an extent and you can only contain it. You can't, like, really put it out. You have to bury it with something that is just entirely inflammable even at those temperatures you know so basically you have to cover it in salt 
or a collapsed bridge. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's made out of sand, let's face it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and to bring this back to trains. Um, right. <laughs> it, it turns out that, like, the impetus for inventing uh, overhead wire electric trains was the uh, tunnel system in and out of New York, because that was, like, a huge suffocation hazard to have um, either steam or diesel-operated trains going in and out of the tunnels. Yeah, I can see how that would be an issue. <laughs> oh, and by the way... Same tunnels today haven't been fixed. Apparently, if you, like, shine a flashlight out of the subway, you will be very horrified and wish you hadn't done that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, we we do have one more Amtrak story to throw on top of this. So (laughs) I guess this is infighting with the current administration or something about Mm. the fact that Amtrak can't keep timetables for shit, um, despite the fact that there are tons of plenty of good reasons why they can't. Um, We mentioned the fact that the tracks are not in the condition they were in 100 years ago. Um, Or the tunnels, for example, although that's mainly an NJT problem. Um, And the fact that they don't own most of the tracks like uh, CSX does and, you know, the 20 mile an hour freight train gets priority because it's their track. Um, Right. But they recently announced that they're canceling um, charter service, which is, uh, which refers to two things. Um, It is both hitching your private trail car to the back of an Amtrak train and, you know, riding around like a one percenter of the last Gilded Age. (laughs) Um, and, um, more importantly, it affects route chartering, which is something that a lot of, um, museums would do as a fundraiser, which is they would just make a whole train full of their entire vintage fleet of cars and possibly locomotives, um, charter the route through Amtrak and, you know, just go somewhere and back for the hell of it, charge a hundred dollars a seat, serve food, and, you know, just, you know, get some money out of it. And, you know, like, I don't know who Amtrak thinks the victim is here, but, like, it's museums. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. I mean, it also does crush our dream of Joe, not me, (laughs) buying a fabulous train car of yesteryear and hooking it up to an Amtrak train, which we can then take across the country to WWDC one day. But- yeah, we did find this uh, four-car <laughs> four set for the low, low price of $1.5 million. All four cars, formerly Amtrak certified. Yeah. There was a sleeper, a dining car, like a regular sitting car, and a parlor car. It would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> so that so that dream is dashed for now, as well as, you know, small tourist operations and rail museums. And no, these are big tourist operations. They're oh, that's huge. true. The data, it was a a surprising amount of money that will not be flowing into the local economy of West Virginia, which can really, really use it these days. Yeah. (laughs) Like super. Like an alarming. So um, West Virginia is particularly special because um, so it's the home location of the Norfolk and Western Railway, which because its main product was coal, resisted dieselification and (laughs) used you know, like the gigantic steam locomotives well into the 60s. Um, and as a result of that, they have some uh, heritage equipment that they still run. Um, 
but because they don't, you know, want to just putz up and down like the same 10 miles of track like most of the tourists we are raised in Pennsylvania do, they, and because they have just a large amount of passenger cars as well, they would charter these extremely long trips that go through the whole state, through multiple states along Amtrak routes, whatever. And, you know, all of that's in question. And, you know, there's just, that hurts the economy on so many levels. All the towns that that went through and stopped at, even the ones it didn't stop at, but were good photo ops, you know. Right. Like every diner, you know, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> yeah, and it seems to be principally motivated, as so many things in the current administration are, by spite. Right, pretty much. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because it's not going to fix their timetables. Amtrak's timetables <laughs> are going to always be no. off. Even in the Northeast Corridor, where this, which is the only track they own, it's going to be off. Um, and that's, you know, a lot due to the uh, aforementioned tunnels. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But even the rest of it is going to be off because the tracks are shit. 